Okay, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm Isisman from Isisman Super Yachts, and this is the Yacht Report podcast. Now, this is podcast number three. Um, I just want to remind people you can find the podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and I think on Audible, and soon to be on pretty much everything, which we're still signing them up. It's a, quite a long process to sign up to all of them. And of course, you can watch it on the Yacht Report podcast uh, YouTube channel, which is uh, where you can you can watch it with video. Uh, the previous uh, podcasts that I've been on Spotify have been video also, but we're going to be doing audio only on, on Spotify from now on. So if you want to watch it, uh, then yeah, head over to the Yacht Report. Uh, it's at Yacht Report podcast on YouTube and you'll find the channel there. Little milestone uh, for the podcast. Actually, we've got uh, we just had our one thousandth subscriber on the podcast YouTube channel, so that's uh, a little milestone. But it's something uh, to monetize a channel to make uh, to be able to make money on a channel. They've changed it recently. Actually, YouTube, you need five hundred subscribers, and you need three thousand hours of viewing. And we've so we've hit the first milestone of of making a channel um, profitable or mo- monetized, as they call it. And, um, and we're about quarter of the way through um, the uh, monetization for the watched hours or something like that. So anyway, it's not 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 something I really meant to talk about. Um, so yeah, so one one thing that came from a previous video, I'm not even sure whether it was the podcast. I don't think it was actually. I think a previous video I made, I was wearing an orange shirt. And um, quite a few people in the comments said that I shouldn't wear an orange shirt because in in America, in the US, uh, you wear an orange shirt when you're in prison. (laughs) Um, Well, you might have noticed from my accent, but I'm not actually from the US. Just keep that to yourself. Um, Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, uh, what I was going to say is that, how do you know I wasn't in a U.S. prison when I recorded that last episode? But, yeah, I'm not American. I, I didn't know that was a thing. D- does that mean that nobody in the U.S. wears an orange shirt ever, except if, unless they're, you know, in prison? I don't know. But anyway, uh, I thought I'd uh, point that out, that I'm actually not from the U.S., so uh, I'm allowed to wear orange shirt. <laughs> All right, so we've got a few topics for this podcast, uh, one of them is about security systems on yachts. Uh, you, you hear a lot of stories, especially in the press. Uh, another one is about hidden ownership, uh, how they hide uh, the ownership of a yacht. Um, and the last or the third topic is is about pets, keeping pets on board. Uh, do they do that? How, how does it work? You know, that kind of thing. And I've got a funny story as well. Uh, about one of the people I worked for who had, who, who had, who used to do just that. Uh, but yeah, but the first, the first um, topic is about security systems. Now, this is actually from a comment from the previous podcast. I think it was. Uh, I, I didn't write down the person's name. So, uh, if you want, if you're listening or watching, then thanks for the question. But he asked, uh, are there security systems on any of the yachts that have missile defense slash laser systems to prevent attacks on the yachts? Now, you see this in the press quite a lot, um, especially with uh, Abramovich and some other high-profile yacht owners. And they say that they've got bulletproof glass and they've got uh, 
anti-missile defense systems and um you know escape uh, modules and all this kind of stuff and it sounds very james bond-esque doesn't it well <clears throat> now obviously i've never worked i haven't worked on every yacht but what i can tell you is the legalities of some of the systems that are claimed to be on these yachts would basically mean that those yachts don't have what they say any missile defense system uh the majority of missile defense systems use um pyrotechnics to uh, you know they deploy a pyrotechnic to divert a missile so a missile like with aircraft uh, and i was in i was in the military so i know something about this um you know they fire a miss you know, missiles being fired at an aircraft and they deploy chaff and flares right to try to uh, confuse that missile because it's using heat usually to to lock on so they use all of these uh, countermeasures um and they are pyrotechnics in themselves they're explosives um and you wouldn't be allowed to have those on a vessel and no um no country would allow that vessel in so think about it let's just say you built your yacht in russia for the sake of arguments and russia allows a yacht to have you know uh, these countermeasures these um, pyrotechnic countermeasures let's say it's allowed in their law now okay when you're in russia you can sail around with your missile defense system and you're good to go now if you try to bring that vessel out of russia and you you know, you head through the Malacca Straits and across the Indian Ocean and through Suez Canal. Well, you won't get that far because those countries won't let you in, right? Because the, because you, you have to declare that you've got these on board. You can't just hide them because everyone's going to get arrested at some point when you try to uh, smuggle those explosives and pyrotechnics into a country. So so any, any, any story that you see about a yacht having that kind of missile, missile defense system is not true. Now there are some story. There are some people. I've, I actually mentioned that before on, on, on another on a video, uh, and people said, "Well, there are systems that have, use lasers and stuff like that." Um, any any system that has anything that is not pyrotechnics, then that's a possibility, I suppose. Um, but yeah, they certainly don't have these ones. And, you know, there's no there's no phalanx systems on yachts, and uh, you know torpedo tubes and all that kind of, there's none of that stuff because you would never ever be able to get that in now the, the most likely scenario is if any of these vessels have got any firearms on board they will be probably got a they'll probably have a, a locker with some shotguns you know because there are most countries allow um some firearms for certain things right and the shotgun is probably the one that is most likely to be allowed um in some countries you wouldn't be allowed in with them they wouldn't let you in some countries might come on board inspect them lock the cabinet seal the cabinet not lock it but put a seal on it to show that you to make sure that you don't take them out and then uh, and then when you leave they have to come back on board and check it and stuff like that uh in the uk we have we don't you know you're not, you're not generally you're not allowed to ha own firearms or use them or import them and stuff like that unless you're for a government like if you were the bodyguards of the US president, for instance, obviously that they're not going to take their guns away. But yeah, for a civilian, for, let's say I had a super yacht, I wouldn't be allowed to bring those in. So um, yeah, the, the most likely scenario is you might have um, some firearms locker in a, in, a, in, a, in a locked room somewhere with some 
small firearms in them. Um, but yeah, the missile defense systems, you know, not true. Now, in actual fact, some of the the vessels that I've seen in the press that say that they have these systems, well, some of those vessels I've worked on. So I know for a fact that they don't have those systems and they never had those systems, right? Um, I, obviously, I can't say which ones, um, but I, I don't want to say which ones because you can imagine what would happen with lawyers and stuff. But yeah, I've worked on some of the vessels that I've seen in the press saying that they've got these things and they don't. <laughs> so now um, some of the things that they do have, um, one, of the th one of the things that's in those um, articles is they say they've got bulletproof glass. Well, chips have very, very thick glass and it's because they need to be like that because, you know, they're getting battered by waves when you cross the Atlantic and stuff. So the, the glass they have is probably similar to ballistic glass. Uh, very, very toughened glass, very thick. You know, you, when you tap on it, it almost feels like uh, metal uh, because it's so thick. So that probably would stop a round or two from a from a weapon. Um, so you could technically say, I mean, the, anyone who knows about firearms knows that there's no such thing as bulletproof, right? You have bull ballistic uh, glass or ballistic vest, uh, you know, flak jackets. We call them in, in the in the military. We, we didn't call them bulletproof vests. We call them flak jackets, right? The, so they're designed to stop things from, you know, designed to potentially stop something. But if you, you took a round from a, you know, a, 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 an M16 or something like that, or, a, you know, L85, the, I don't know, what, there's a new weapon. The British just got a new weapon. Um, anyway, if you took a round directly to one of those jackets, it might not, it might go straight through. So there's no such thing as bulletproof. But yeah, the glass may be uh, able to withstand some of that, but it's not, that's not what it's there for. It's there for seaworthiness and stuff like that. Now, um, something that they can have, and some of the cruise ships I used to work on, they have this, is that they have these ultrasonic devices where they can point, it's like, it looks like a spotlight, but when they point it at you, it sends this ultrasonic noise, very high pitched noise. You know, it's quite, uh, the closer you get to it, the more unbearable it gets. So it's possible they might have those on board, but again, some of the yachts they say that have these systems I've been on and they don't have those systems. So, but it's possible that some do. And they might have got them since I've been there, you know, so that's illegal. You're legally allowed to have those. Now, one yacht that I can talk about that, um, that because I've seen it on a video on YouTube is, uh, Roman Abramovich's Eclipse. They have anti-drone system. Uh, now if you go back to my, I think it was the 2017, this is when I was on my own and 2017 Monaco Yacht Show. I did an interview, I think it was 2017, it might have been 2018. I did an interview with a guy who was selling anti-drone technology to the yachting industry. Um, if, I can f I'll, if I find it, I'll post a link um, in the YouTube video so you can go and see it. Um, and and uh, yeah, Abramovich's yacht had this and there was, a, there was a video on YouTube a few years ago I watched and the guy was flying his drone around the yacht from quite a distance. And uh, all of a sudden, his, 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 um, his drone stopped responding. And then he said the crew of the yacht launched a boat and they were using a device to prevent him from being able to control his drone. And then they, they made they forced the device to land near the boat. And they were actually manhandling his drone onto the boat. It was only a small drone, but they, they grabbed it and they were dealing with it. And then it managed to like slip out and he got control of it again. And then he sped off. 
and he, he managed to retrieve his drone. But they, he was filming the yacht from a great distance, and they just basically tried to steal his drone out of the air. So I, I know that they, they were using some sort of uh, anti-drone technology to do that, and I have heard other stories um, about about them having that on board. Now, I've filmed, I've filmed Eclipse uh, with a drone, uh, but it was in a shipyard, um, so they probably, you know, they weren't, the owner wasn't on board and stuff like that. So it's probably when he was on board that they were doing it. So that's something that they might have. The other stuff, the, the, you know, there's no, there's no, um, there's no super yacht sailing around. Like I see comments quite often in the comments section on, on the, on the main channel saying, you know, oh, but this yacht's got, uh, all of this, uh, equipment on board for, uh, you know, terrorism and all this kind of stuff. Well, no, it doesn't. Because every every time your yacht travels into another country, you know, especially in the EU, uh, nobody wants to allow um, an armed vessel into their country, right? So um, you have, and you have to, you, you don't just sail in, you have to go through these checks. And, you know, you're, just like when you land on a plane into, a, into another country, you have to go through immigration and customs and all that, and declarations and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and if you don't declare them, obviously the, there's some vessels probably sailing around illegally with vessels on board. We've covered stories about in, about that in the past. A captain of a of a yacht in Mexico was arrested and and kept in prison for so long because they had guns on board and he didn't declare them. Um, so yeah, it, it, legally and officially, there's no yacht sailing around with uh, with missiles and stuff like that. So. Yeah, that that that's just something that's made up by the press because they know that nobody's going nobody's going to acknowledge or deny it. You know, it's like the CIA, isn't it? When they always say, "Is someone worked for the CIA?" We say we can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, so they know that the, nobody's ever going to correct them on that story. So they just go with it. It's just a fun story. Okay, so we'll we'll move on from that. I think I've covered pretty much everything that that uh, I wanted to talk about in that topic. Uh, we'll move on to another topic, uh, which is about the hidden ownership of yachts. Um, this is something that has come up a lot since the invasion of Ukraine, obviously, because all of these yachts were, you know, scattered when when that happened. We we were covering it on the channel, and you know, after we became a source for a lot of people to check who was sanctioned and who wasn't sanctioned, you know, because I had a lot of people come up to me in the Monaco Yacht Show. Um, the, was it the 2022 Monaco Yacht Show? I think it was. Yeah, it was. And there were a lot of people saying, oh, you know, we work in the industry and we were watching your channel when, when that all kicked off because you were the only one who was telling us who was sanctioned and who wasn't because they, they weren't allowed to do business with anyone who got sanctioned. Then all of the companies, the support companies, were not allowed to do business with them if they were based in Europe or you know if they were based in a, a Western country. So they were all watching for that reason, and and it proved very very difficult, even for the authorities to be able to prove the, who the owner of a yacht is. Right. So when that happened and all of these yachts scattered. Um, the, the authorities in different countries, in Italy, in the UK, in France, uh, they were all uh, blocking these vessels that were, some of them were in shipyards. You had the Trieste in Italy and Marina de Carrara and uh, Tarragona in Spain, um, La Ciota in France. You had all, vessels in all of these places 
and uh, the UK. Now, one of the things that all of the governments were scrambling to do before those vessels left was to figure out who the owner was. And I mean, it should be straightforward process, right? And there are, you know, databases I've had uh, in the past when I've done stories, I've had other um, companies that cover media companies that cover the super industry industry contact me and say oh we know who the owner is of that boat and what you said is incorrect well they know who the owner officially is right if you go to the imo database uh you can see who the official owner of any vessel is right um now it will never say bob smith of 17 roman road you know leicestershire england it, it never says that on a super yacht it's always a company right so the company owns the vessel now usually that company is in the british virgin islands um you know and then the the company is owned by a trust which is a blind trust or or a, the trust is private nobody's allowed to see who, who the owner of that trust is this is something that you know some countries that have these kinds of trusts they they allow people to set them up in the top secret and they don't have to say who's on the trust so very difficult even for authorities especially like if you if you have a boat that's arrested in france for instance and the boat's registered to a company in the british virgin islands but the flag is registered to cayman islands or malta or something like that and then the trust is in another country again so you've got all this cross country um stuff going on and it's really difficult because you know that first of all they're in france so they've got to go to another country ask them information then you know there's three different nationalities involved in this one vessel so it's very very difficult for anybody to find out who the owner is and very often when they do get down to the bottom of who is on that trust the person they believe it belongs to is not on the list right because the you know sometimes it's related to a family member of a person i'll give you an example uh um dilbar is registered to the sister of alicia usmanov um but it's, he is very he appears to be let's say allegedly very clearly seems to be the owner right everybody who's worked on board that we've spoken to in the past you know like whether they've worked whether they they probably don't work there anymore because they all got fired when the boat was arrested but people we've spoken to i've worked with people who used to work on Dilbar. they all say yes he's the owner but on paper the sister's the owner um and that is something that happens quite often but but sometimes the owner can be even a friend of that person so they've got no they're not even related by family right so it's very very tricky and this is why the phrase ultimate beneficial owner that's where that's come from because they're, they're asking who is the the ubo um because they know that on paper it's not going to have that person's name right but um you know the 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 reality of of who owns the boat is very different to what it says on paper so that's a very tricky situation for uh the authorities to be able to figure out who owns it and, that, and that's the reason why it's done right it's done for that i mean they're not always done that way i mean some some of the yachts that are out there uh, it's very clear who owns the vessel not, not every yacht is done that way but every yacht i don't think i've ever come across i mean we we, we look we're looking up uh, on the, on the imo database we look up yachts all the time and i've never seen any yacht registered to a person they've always been registered to a company so that's standard operating procedure um now 
that is done for various reasons that are not they're not always shady um there's there's legitimate reasons i'm told for doing that um usually to do with tax and the avoidance of paying tax um so that's one reason to do it but that and that's not illegal you know to, to have a company set up in the british virgin Islands. i can set up a company in the british virgin Islands, um and 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 as a result of that uh, that my tax burden will be very different from if I was to set that same company up in my home country. So there's a, there are legitimate reasons for doing it. Uh, but very often, as the case has been, um, some of the yachts are, have recently, you know, it's become more obvious to people that these yachts are owned by people, but not on paper. Um, and I've worked on some yachts that are in that situation. You know, I've, I, I know clearly who the owner is and yet we will get emails from this other person saying, hi, uh, my name is dot, 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 and I'm the owner and blah, blah, blah. And he'll, his request has come in as the owner of the yacht, but he's clear, he's not the owner. I mean, he is on, on paper, he's the owner, but we, we've never seen him, you know, never been on board or when he's come on board, he's come on as an employee of the actual owner. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's clear. It's obviously, uh, that's the reason why they can do it. And then, and then when we talk on the channel, on the news channel, we say, uh, you know, this boat is, um, owned by this person. Uh, this is why you see a lot of, a lot of news companies will say this vessel is linked to, you know, because they can't say he owns it because what happens then is you get an email from a lawyer saying, I represent the owner, the actual owner of the vessel, which is a, this company that no one's ever heard of in the British Virgin Islands. And you said that the owner of the vessel is this person. Well, you know, we're, we're writing to you to tell you that, that he's not the owner and the, and we represent the owner, but they don't actually say who the owner is, or they'll, or they'll say that the owner is, you know, um, um, you know, this random company name, um, in the Virgin Islands or in Cayman Islands or whatever it is. And that that's the actual owner. But like I said, obviously we, we know if we, 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 if we go on a deep dive of that company, uh, usually we can find it's linked to the actual owner. There, there was a story that we did, uh, recently where there was a German, um, um, independent, uh, writer and he, it turns out he was getting money from Alexei Mordashov for the, um, he was writing a book about Vladimir Putin. He'd done a few books. And it turns out that Alexei Mordashov was paying this writer, uh, paid him six hundred thousand euros. It was in the, it was in, it was all over the news. And um, but the company that was paying the money was um, not in Mordashov's name, but it was linked to the, the company was linked to a person who worked for Alexei Mordashov. And the articles also said that was the money was being paid by Alexei Mordashov. But you know, like I said, when you when you looked on paper, it was somebody else. Who was who? Who just happened to work for Alexei Mordashov? So another example of it. But yeah, we we get we get emails all the time from uh, not all the time, but we get them quite often from um, from these lawyers saying that he's not the owner and this person is the owner, and you need to stop saying it and stuff like that. But at the same time, we've got evidence that the owner is this this other person. We, we've spoken to the former crew and former people who supplied stuff to the yacht or people who built the yacht. And they're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, this person, yeah. 
So, uh, you know, you get enough people telling you the name of the person, then there's probably some truth in that, right? Oh, another thing about the, the trust, uh, this trust that they set up is that they, they have, you know, a couple of names on there. And um, so they'll be like themselves, maybe, and then their wife, and then the, you know, the daughter or the son or whatever. And then they can just remove names, you know, and, and then all of a sudden that person is has been removed. And, the, and then the trust is now, uh, you know, the person who's, who was number two is now number one on the trust. And there was a story about um, uh, Andrei Milnachenko, uh, just before he got sanctioned, he, his Two of his companies, one of them was Eurochem. I don't remember the second name. And um, he was uh, he owned them in a similar fashion through this trust. And his wife was the second person on the trust name. And, and a few days before he was sanctioned, he removed his name from the trust, which left his wife in charge of those companies. So for a, a little bit more of a, an extended period, they, they couldn't touch those companies. They couldn't block those companies. And then eventually they just added his wife to the sanctions lists um, because it was clear what had happened, right? That they'd, they'd re he'd removed his name to put his wife in. So it was just a way to evade those sanctions. And then they eventually they added uh, his wife to the list as well. And then those companies were blocked. So it's a very simple way of um, of changing uh, the controlling member of of a company or of a, of a, of a, an asset, a, you know the the yacht is an asset, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a murky thing, and there are lawyers that specifically go into business to set up these companies, um, and and uh, this is this is what they specialize in is 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 hidden hiding these um hiding the ownership of these vessels, so it makes it very difficult for, even for the authorities to be able to clamp down on one of them. Now, I mean, this is just my opinion now, but I think that if 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 I'm driving along in my car and I get stopped by the police and they say, "Is this your car?" and I don't answer that question, I, I they're going to take my car, right? They're going to, they're gonna, especially in the UK. If I if I if I don't identify, I mean, they know or they already know whose car it is because they do a check before they stop you, right? But if if I if for some reason there was some murkiness behind the ownership, they didn't know and they asked me and I said, "Well, I can't tell you." they're putting that car on the back of a truck and taking it away and they'll say well as soon as you come with the paperwork to show who owns it then we'll let you have it back and i think it's, it kind of should be the same um i don't think any any captain uh should be allowed to say i'm not um you know i've got an nda and therefore i can't tell you it's one thing that we we always get told if anyone asks you if when you work on a yacht, if anyone asks you outside who the owner is, you tell them you can't tell them, you can't talk to them, right? Which is fine. You know, I used to make stuff up, actually. I used to say, well, I remember I was in New Zealand once and I was on this big yacht and uh, everyone was asking me who owned it and I kept telling, telling them it was Tony Blair. <laughs> so the former UK prime minister, because I thought I'll have a bit of fun with it. I'm not allowed to actually say and they wouldn't even know who he was anyway. So I'll have a bit of fun with it. If you want to... Uh, not to, if you want to say to us, don't you can't tell anybody uh, who, who owns the vessel. But it, when, when the police, when it's the police who's asking, or the authorities, or or you know people like that, then you can't very well say I'm not allowed to tell you who the owner is. You know you've got to. You're in their country, like your if your vessel's registered in the Cayman Islands or Malta or whatever, and you're in you know France or Italy or Spain or something, and and they ask you who owns the boat, you you you're obliged to tell the authorities, right? Uh, otherwise, they're going to take it from you, which has happened in, in, in a number of the cases. So 
Um, yeah, there's a big difference between not telling a tourist with a camera, Who's, uh, who, whose boat is this? And and, uh, and the police, who's asking. So I think that's uh, definitely the right, the right way to go uh, in terms of uh, blocking the exit of a vessel until they can determine who the owner is. All right, so we'll move on uh, to our next topic, which is about pets on board. This is something that comes up quite a lot, actually. There's a lot of pet lovers who also like super yachts. Um, do the, are, are any of the owners pet lovers? Do they have pets on board? I've worked for a few who have pets. I've sort of, I was in uh, Italy uh, end of last year. I can't believe it's, I'm saying last year, 2023. And I was there was a boat there in San Remo. And I was trying to film and there was two dogs on the stern on the transom. And uh, one of them was just barking, bark, bark. I, I wanted to throw something at it it's just because I was trying to film, right? And I, all I could hear was this dog barking continuously for half an hour. And they had these two dogs and the dog was actually barking at the fish. So the dog, I've got some video footage of it. The dog's looking in the water. It's like a husky type dog looking in the water, freaking out at the fish, barking away at the fish. I'm, I'm surprised it didn't jump in. Um, so yeah, people do have dogs. It's kind of a bit of a pain for the crew. I, I must admit, I, I, I love dogs. You know, I love certain dogs. I, I'm a big fan of dogs. My sister has, has dogs and, um, yeah, I, I'd love to have a dog, but I, I travel so much. I, I can't really, uh, I, if I, if I wasn't traveling so much, I'd definitely have a dog. Um, but yeah, for, for the crew, uh, on board a yacht, I'll give you an example of how many people are involved in this in an animal on board a yacht. Now, obviously I can't speak for all yachts. I'm just going on my own experience, but okay. So the dog is fed by the butler of the owner, right? So uh, what, uh, uh, the, best, the best way to do it is, is if I tell you about a yacht I worked on. So the yacht had two butlers, right? So they worked, I think they did a day on, a day off. So there's always one of them on duty. So there's two butlers looking after, the, they've got to look after the dog, the dog's being fed. The chef, is making the food for the dog. So the dog is getting fed very well. Um, even when they traveled and they were staying in a hotel, in that, in, when the uh, people of this kind of wealth stay in a hotel and they take the chef with them, they give them a facility in the kitchens there to be able to cook for the owners, right? Because they're still cooking even though they're staying in a hotel. Not all hotels, but some. And um, one of the chefs was cooking this thing and, he said, well, and the guy said to him, what's that? And another chef, he said, what's that? He said, it's for the dog. <laughs> so cooking for the dog so we've got two butlers the chef you've got the, the deckhands who have to take the dog out the dog wants to go for a walk right they don't want the dog doing its business on the on the teak decks right uh so the deckhands are out there doing that as well uh you've also got uh the cleaners uh, you know the people who clean the, the stewardesses uh interior staff if the dog does do uh, a number two on the carpet now they've got to try and get that staying out and and invariably they've got white carpets everywhere as well right and and we i was on this same vessel we had to replace a piece of carpet because the dog did its business on that carpet and um we had to replace it we couldn't get the stain out and and the the um the there was a uh like a giant bed uh, I mean, giant bed. You could get like 15 people on this thing. It wasn't a bed. It was like a couch, but it, it looked like a, it was massive, right? And 
they had to we and and, and it also had all of these electronics in it um there was all, uh, all wiring going through the legs of this thing because there was a table at the top of it and it had um chargers on it and lights and it was all one of the thing about yachts is they never want to have any cables anyway you'll never see any cables running along the floor on a yacht unless they put something in temporarily but so everything's running through the legs of, of furniture and stuff like that and this carpet was that this the carpet was underneath this table right so we had to re uh, table slash couch bed thing so we had to lift that we had to remove this this whole unit to be able to get access to the carpet so the carpet could be replaced and uh, the carpet was twenty one thousand euros for the sick this piece of carpet to remove this is all because the dog shit on the rug so and and, and we had to dismantle this thing take all the wiring out to remove it new carpet we had contractors came on with the new carpet they fitted the carpet and then we had to put the table back down and put all the electronics back in and all that stuff because of the dog uh so yeah so you got a lot of people looking after this dog uh the poor butlers uh, who are at the beck and call of the owners you know for 24 hour period and until they hand over to the other guy even when the owners would go out in the evening they had to look after the dog so they didn't even have the night off because they've got to now look after the dog because they didn't take the dog with them so yeah, there's a lot of people involved in when when someone's got a dog. This dog was tiny as well. It wasn't even a real dog. What I would call a real dog. It wasn't like a greyhound or a German shepherd or a you know, one of those a working dog. It was a it was a leisure dog, let's say. It was a dog that you can put in your in your handbag. And uh yeah, so they, they but they loved this thing. And um in actual fact, I talked about this once before, maybe four or five years ago on the channel. This dog got sick. And we were in New Zealand and the owner, the owner, the wife and a couple of his people um, took, they went on a trip for, I think they went for three days somewhere. They left the boat in, we were in Auckland and they went to some resort somewhere. Don't remember where. And the dog got sick while they were there. And uh, the owner phones up um, the person and says, I need to, I need to get a vet down here. And it, it was some, I don't know how, it was a bit tricky to get to this place. And uh, the uh, so the person's got two phones. She's got the, the, the vet on one phone, the owner on the other. And and she's like, and I'm stood there, I'm stood right there listening. And she's saying, okay, okay. And she says to the owner, um, he said he'll come, but he need he need $500 to come right now or something like that. And then, and then she's like, oh, okay. And then the owner says, tell him if he comes right now, I'll give him $5,000. So... You know, so 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 now she's telling the, the the guy, and then the guy's obviously the guy goes, and then they come back to the boat a few days later, and um, the dog's still sick. So the owner brings in a vet from let's say Eastern Europe, and um, the vet, obviously the expert, you know, he brings him in to look after the dog, and he stays on board. Um, he stays in one of the staff cabins, and he's on board for months i don't remember exactly how long i did say it in the previous video i've kind of partially forgotten the story i should have watched my whole video i suppose anyway he's on board for a long time i remember because he was always sat in the in the crew we had a on this boat it was a big boat so we had a crew lounge we had a crew mess and a crew lounge most boats only have a crew mess but we had a lounge in there i really really nice and we had a we had the same system the owner had in the lounge so you could watch movies like a questron system with kaleidoscape it was called and um he was always sat in there watching movies because he had nothing to do he was doing like every day he would go
go and have, do a report with the owner, tell him how the dog was getting on. And then he would obviously do something with the dog, but it probably took him 20 minutes. Right. And, um, and at the end of the time, when he, when he was eventually finished, uh, and he, and the dog was well enough that they didn't need the vet anymore. The guy went home, never thought anything of it. And then, and then someone says to me, do you know how much that guy was getting every day? The vet, uh, you know how much he was, he was, his daily rate was 1500 euros. So I worked it out and he, he paid him over 300,000 euros to have this vet on board. So, um, that guy probably went home and bought a house, well, paid off his mortgage or something, you know, and it was probably the, the, the average salary in the country where he came from was probably about $500 a month of it. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just guessing, but, um, that was probably a life change. I mean, it would be, it'd be life changing for most of us, right. To get 300,000 euros. And he got it. He, he was on board for a few months. I don't remember exactly how long it was, but you can work it out anyway. It was, it was around 300, it was over 300,000 euros. So divide that by, by 1500 and there you go. Um, but yeah, um, so this was all for this little dog and the dog, I must admit, I didn't like this dog. Um, whenever, whenever I went into the main salon where the owner was, if the owner was there, the dog would attack you and try to bite you. And if the owner wasn't, if there was nobody there and you went in on, on your own, the dog would be cowering in the corner. Um, but when it, when you went in and, and they were there, the dog would run after you would try and bite you. And the owner thought it was funny. So he would just laugh this dog attacking one of the crew. Uh, unfortunately it was, you know, it was a tiny little dog, so it didn't ever do any harm, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, but it was crazy. The other thing that, um, we had to do is the, the, the crew built these boxes and they put soil in it and they actually grew grass in these boxes and then they would cut the grass and they would look after the, they, so they had a, basically a lawn for the dog so that so the dog could have a sniff and you know do his business this is where the dog was officially supposed to do the business uh on this they had two of these boxes they're quite big as well they were quite heavy and um and this is where the dog was meant to go so you know all of that work that the crew had done to build the box put it fill it full of soil put the grass plant the grass grow the grass cut the grass this is all for this dog so yeah um yeah it's a, is it is it a real pain when the owner has uh, has a pet on board for us um it's like it's a bit like when they have kids uh, it's it's not the same but um yeah it's it's uh, fortunately for me i only worked on one boat i th i think that had a pet and uh, and very few that had children or young children I, I worked on for a few owners who had um you've had grown up children which wasn't such a problem but younger children can be to be a big problem so yeah, so these dogs, uh, you know, that dog lived a lifestyle that some people would probably like, you know, get the best foods, uh, you know, getting uh, the best medical, medical care. Uh, yeah, quite something, but yeah, uh, they do, they do have it. And, and, you know, they, they really love this dog. Obviously they spent an awful lot of money keeping that dog, uh, keeping that dog alive. All right. So before I finish, I've got one, one other thing. Um, it's just a, it's just a, a small thing about the previous podcast. Now in the previous podcast, we talked about, I talked about, uh, the Zelensky story. And I talked about the fact that, uh, the, the fake story had been used in certain, by certain people as a, as a partial justification for not wanting to fund 
uh, Ukraine. And I posted on the page, it was a politician in the US, I don't remember her name right now. Oh, well, it's in the, it's in the text I'm going to read. And, uh, and I said that, you know, this is why it was done. It was done for the, for the reason of the misinformation can be used by people who are, you know, who are duped into believing a story that's not true. And I, I got a comment posted after I posted a short version, a short version of the podcast on the main channel as, as an advert, if you like, for the podcast, I got a comment from somebody and he said, um, he said, I'll read it out. He says, you're, you're, you are very misleading here. You fault MTG, that's the person, Marjorie Taylor Greene, for not funding a war and not wanting the US citizens to pay for the war, but you claim she's referring to the yachts. MTG has never mentioned the yacht story on X. She correctly referred to the war as a money laundering scheme, but again, she has never referred to the yacht story. Your, post, your posts in this video don't refer to the yacht story. He said, I really like your channel, but uh, if you want to cut down the USA, uh, you should not make things up to do it. So as a, as a reply back to that, I just posted a link to the comment that she made where she, where she linked to a story about the, the, the yacht story. You know, so she linked to um, a website that had covered that yacht story. And in that link, it actually said, Twitter had actually, Elon Musk's Twitter had actually posted on the link that she was quoting a source that was banned by the US government and that was known for pro providing misinformation about the US. Um, and I just posted the link so we could see it for himself. And then an hour later, I checked back and the post had been removed. So we obviously he'd seen it and gone, oh, I was wrong. So we removed his post, but I'd already taken a screen grab of his question or his statement. And I just, the reason why I brought it up again is because I wanted to show, now I'm, I'm not taking sides there. I'm just saying that as a result of that misinformation, some people, whether they were doing it because they were duped or whether they just knew it wasn't true, but they wanted, I don't know whether that's the case. I don't know whether she didn't believe it, but she wanted to use it anyway, or if she believed it or not, it doesn't matter. But the, the point is that a lot of people would believe it and and they will use that as a reason to not do it right to not otherwise they may not have a reason to say we don't want to do that um and that's the point of what i was trying to say in the previous video is that uh, is that is that that's the reason why these stories pop up right because they want to make other people look corrupt and say you know that you and, and and the people who do it let, let's say in this case it was russia who who created that story, there's a reason for that, right? That they want to make it look like uh, Zelensky is corrupt. And, and you know, so people will say, let's not give them any more money. And then that helps Russia to advance in their occupation of Ukraine. Um, now, a lot of people, a lot of comments also were saying, you know, well, this may not be true, but, you know, we definitely corrupt and all that, blah, blah, blah. Well, that may be the case. It may not be the case. All we did was we looked at the thing is the story, the, the news about Ukraine war, we only cover it when it strays into our wheelhouse, right? We don't like, I'm not going to talk about which is the best tank, even though I've got experience in the military and stuff like that. That's not what my channel's about. The, our channel is about super yachts. Now, if they stray into our area of expertise, if you want to call it that, then we're going to pick up on that, right? And we're going to say, well, let's have a look at what they've got. 
And that's what we did in, in that video. We saw a video of uh, the story about the yachts and we said, well, let's look at it. And then we, we recognized very quickly that it wasn't true. Now that could have gone either way. It could have been, you know, could have been the other side using it as justification for something. We're, we're not taking sides. We're just saying that in this particular instance, we, we found that story to be to be not a true story. Like I said, we also debunked some stories by the Young Turks, which were pointed in the other direction. So we weren't taking sides uh, in, either, in, in either of those videos. We were just saying we looked at the evidence, we looked at the source of the evidence, and we don't see that as being correct. And that's what we was, that's what I was saying in that previous podcast is when there's a story, always go to the source. The person, the messenger, who who is often has an agenda, is not necessarily telling you the full story, the or or the true story. They they might be telling you a full story, but it's not true, or they might be telling you a partial story, uh, leaving out other things, you know. And that's what I was saying in that video is that always look at the source, which is what we always do. We went to the source of that memorandum of agreement and they told us, yep, that's not true. That's it's incorrect. It's been manipulated. It's been changed. It's out of date, etc., etc. So yeah, I just wanted to point that out. I'm not, obviously I'm not going to mention the person's name or avatar or whatever, but, um, you know, so, so once he saw it himself, he pulled his own comment, right? Cause he was like, oh shit, it is true. So yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up to hopefully put a full stop in that one. I do still see comments on that on those stories saying you know it's all true it's all true but you know show me evidence uh and and um if it's true then we'll cover that story too so if there's stuff out there that says he's definitely you know if someone the only evidence has been provided that that story is true story is that there's memorandum of agreements from that dodgy source on youtube with one video on his channel and uh, and we've debunked it so if there's other if there's other evidence out there I'd love to see it, you know, I'll send it to my team. We'll, we'll all investigate and then um, we'll tell you what we find. That, that's the way we do it. All right. I think I've gone on long enough. Um, I've, I've, uh, I've worked up uh, first, so I'm going to have to go and uh, get a drink. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, if you have any questions or any uh, topic ideas for future podcasts, please put them in the in the in the comment section on the YouTube channel. I think there's a way on the. I'm still new to the podcasting stuff with Spotify and stuff. I think there's a way to supply feedback on on those podcasts on there. I'm not sure, but you can certainly leave a comment on the YouTube channel, um, and you can subscribe while you're there if you haven't already. And and then yeah, put a, put an idea, topic idea, or something like that as you as your title, and then write a, a thing there. And we will we're making a list of future topics, things that people might want to know. It can be about anything to do with yachting, but uh, owners about technology, about uh, what's it like to work on board, how do you get started, stuff like that, anything. Uh, and we'll we'll uh, we'll make a list, and we'll add those any good questions we'll add to our list, and we'll cover them hopefully in a future topic. We're going to have interviews as well. We're going to be interviewing some people in the near future. Hopefully if we can, if we can organize that. All right, guys, anyway, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks very much for listening. If you're still here, you get 10 points. Uh, yeah. And uh, let us know what you think of the video uh, in the comment section on YouTube, like I said, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye.